Is that a stuffed toy in the corner of your... This? Yes. Yeah, it's a little um a little willow that a fan made me. Oh! From... Yeah! Yeah, it's cute, eh? Oh, that's so cute. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll go... I'll go right yeah, 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 please do. So they made it for me with the intention of... um me being able to sign like autographs because this this little like yellow bit is a pen oh yeah it's so cute right i love it so much oh so cute so yeah i have a little a little a little willow a little me <laughs> oh i love it yeah the fans are honestly like so sweet i like it's it's mind-blowing though it's really <laughs> a really strange experience <laughs> This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend all the way in New Zealand, Phoenix Cross. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming on. Um, now, Phoenix, because like, I'm going to say New Zealand people know who you are um, rather than <laughs> Australian people. Okay, yeah. So if you... Um, because I don't know how many people in Australia who watch Bail and Through, yeah. which is the prominent thing. Um, uh, tell everyone who you are and, and what you do. Okay. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Phoenix Cross. Uh, I'm an actress. I have only kind of semi-recently got into the acting scene. I decided to start pursuing it, um, seriously in 2019 and then, you know, we all got hit with the pandemic. Uh, so it's been a bit of a struggle bus, but um, luckily I got to be a part of, <laughs> I got to be a part of Viva Literate League, who are a hugely successful um, internet comedy group in New Zealand. And um, yeah, they did it. They first serious cinematic film, uh, Balin's Route, which they cast me as their female lead. So yeah, so now I just spend my time acting and um, Playing video games, a lot of it is heavily centered around video games. So I, I yeah. stream and act, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And and like, you know, I'm going to ask because with Balin's Root, was that the first big thing for you? Like really big? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think now it's at like three million views. So like over three million people have seen my face, which is just crazy. <laughs> like, how did that happen though? How did that even come about? Um, so I'd actually already heard about Viva Literate League, which mm. like basically anybody who's interested in, in the internet has heard of <laughs> Viva Literate League. Um, <laughs> and uh, a while back I got an audition role through for Balin's Route and I was like, oh my gosh, this is Viva. Like I, I know what they like, I know what they want, but um, it was for a 14 year old and I got the audition when I was like 22. <laughs> mm. So I was like, oh no, I don't know if I'll get this. Um, but luckily I'm five foot two and the guys are all like six foot plus. So it's all right. I look, I look super young next to them. Um, anyway, so yeah, I got the audition. I kind of knew the tone of the stuff that they do. So I, I, uh, I performed in a way that it was similar or like reminiscent of Viva style. And yeah, then I got a call back and I met the guys and I made sure to mention that I play Skyrim. That was like the first thing I said when I met them. <laughs> I like walked into the room and I'm like, I play Skyrim. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, then I did the audition with them and luckily got the call that they wanted me to be a part of Valen's Route. Yeah, and, and it's like, I think, blown up. 
like mm. you know skyrocketed um yeah. you know because what's if you haven't seen Balin's round um it's <laughs> you well Balin it, if you don't know Balin as character he doesn't have many <laughs> lines yeah <laughs> which is it, it's just on repeat this this like phrase um Ooh. and it's it is kind of like you know annoying after a while yeah. but i think what makes it work is it's fe- very much in similar to like one note characters like um guardians of the galaxy and um mm. obviously game of thrones with hodor um where they just have one phrase that they say yeah. and the other characters yeah. communicate around them with the um, intonations of it and i think what impressed me about the film was how much you carried it as well like it was an oh, equal joint um, did you feel at the time when you were filming that it was fun or did you feel like this enormous amount of pressure as well? Um, oh, a bit of both because I knew who Viva were and I knew, uh, Balin's route they'd done a lot of like marketing for and, uh, like it was crowdfunded. Yeah. Um, so I knew that there was, there was going to be kind of pressure that these fans put this, their money into this project. So I was carrying that with me, but in saying that the guys themselves and, Everyone behind the scenes are so lovely and so fun. I had like an absolute ball and I like cried when it was over because I had so much fun. I was like, I don't want it to be finished. Um, <laughs> and they were all like, it's okay. It's okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, I had it while we were filming it in the moment. I had just so much fun. Mm. And it was kind of like when I go back to the hotel and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Did I do okay today? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it looked... Um you know the scale of it and everything looked in- insane um and yeah for an internet movie um that you know is entirely crowd funded you know um cuz i think what also uh to explain how viva work they work on um you know like own own finances they are a business as well mm. but they also rely on crowdfunding and um patreon system which mm means a lot of their content is for the viewers and they've got thank yous and everything to say thank yep. you for contributing and stuff like that and that um, Patreons get bloopers and all this stuff. So they are very in touch, I think, more so than a lot of internet creators sometimes uh, with who funds them and mm. what they're trying to achieve because they are the difference is they are the fans themselves of their own content. So they are making yeah. something for... Um, the people, which you really get a sense of, like, did, did you, you did, when you were on set, and I, I sort of find this always f- quite fun, when you were on set, <laughs> did it feel more like um, a family environment than it felt like a film, like film set kind of environment? Did it feel more like family orientated? Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and saying that we still, like, when they... Um, say like first positions or whatever when you hear those specific calls you go into like work mode but basically until you hear those words it's absolutely a family environment i even um as a joke yelled out dad to alan and adam and they (laughs) turned around (laughs) so definitely family definitely family oriented (laughs) oh that's so lovely um (laughs) i think there's like yeah it's you know because all the Things that, um, you know, like you watch in big blockbuster films and everything like this, you know, especially because New Zealand is known for Lord of the Rings. Um, and 
you know, Peter Jackson and all that. Um, and the new Lord of the Rings is being filmed there. And I think the moment that, that was announced, everyone kind of rolled their eyes. Uh, <laughs> it It is very interesting to watch something that, you know, because New Zealand is full of great sites and landscapes and stuff. It is very easy to make something cinematic there. Um, you don't have to do much effort to make everything no. really <laughs> nice. Um <laughs> Was it, a, was, it, was it quite a laborious shoot, though? Was it quite long or was it quite short? Um, it was about two weeks, I think, all in all. Okay. Um, so it wasn't that bad, but it got, like, there was a lot of delays, um, like two weeks filming days. Yeah. Uh, which lasted almost a couple months, I think, um, just because sometimes we'd organise... Um, organize different locations and then it would just rain all day and we couldn't yeah. film anything and so on and so forth and stuff like that and we ended up having to do like a- another thing that was really interesting i think because viva is so like internet orientated we had to go do a green screen day not like well um the movies that you see like guardians of the galaxy or something where like you got to pretend there's a ship there we had to go to the green screen day just to do like promo stuff so that they could um mm. edit us over shots have already seen to to like put on instagram stories or or um like youtube annotation sort of stuff Mm. yeah that was that was really interesting um yeah but uh, as a whole i really enjoyed it so i didn't find it laborious but um there was definitely definitely delays yeah just due to filming outside and and not knowing what's coming weather wise yeah pesky weather (laughs) pesky weather anything about it um (laughs) But steering it back onto you mm. and your love for acting. So it started quite late, your actual push into mm. doing acting. Was it always at a love at a young age or what did you actually originally want to do? Yeah, so I knew ever since I was little, like at my earliest memory, I wanted to be an actor. Um, I don't know why. I just would like force my family before school, like younger than five, I'd force them to like watch me play charades by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want them to play with me. I wanted them to watch me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as I went into schooling, I still wanted to act, but um, I kind of grew up a bit and I realized how hard it was going to be. And I focused really heavily on my studies and I, I got top student of my school, like the absolute yep. top academic student, which was honestly not very helpful for acting. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fancy trophy and that was about it. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> um, and then hit the real world and I realized like, oh, wow, I've got bills to pay and stuff and the <laughs> acting is quite <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite difficult financially. And um, my other passion is I love animals. So I got a job working at a doggy daycare and I ended up, like the dogs were amazing and the job was fine, but I ended up feeling so like unfulfilled. I was like, no, I mm. have to do acting. I have to do it. So yep, in 2019, I quit my job and I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this and, and take this seriously. So yeah. And it's like... I think um, what's quite extraordinary is, you know, how quickly, you know, because you are quite young, like, you know, to suddenly be thrusted yeah. probably so much into the to the limelight. Yeah. Um, was that, and then also with the pandemic and everything, yeah. which, you know, uh, New Zealand is still currently in part lockdown, mm. part like, um, which is nuts, like, mm. to think what... How did that reaction happen for you? Like, how did that... Because, you know, um, Balin's route was shot in 2019. 
um, wasn't it? It was uh, late 2019 or early 2020? I think it was more around late 2020. Oh, really? So it was after the first um, initial wave? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because New Zealand... So, fun fact of the world, New Zealand opened up for a fair amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot about that. And then you guys went into a crack lockdown because of the Delta variant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how, like, has that made you reassess a lot of what you wanted to do the, since the pandemic? Yeah, it has actually. Um, I wasn't planning so much to do internet things or, like, comedy things. Like, mm. I... For me personally, I actually really enjoy like drama and, and crying. I really like crying on like <laughs> I don't what a weird thing to really like, but um, <laughs> I like that's kind of my favorite genre of acting, that dramatic yeah. um um sort of thing. And you know, I'd be lying if if I didn't say that um obviously the pandemic and, and shutting down lots of film productions what's unique about viva is that we can kind of keep filming because we can keep the set small and um mm. you know we do it all internally we don't really need to aside from obviously the fans um giving their money towards us being able to produce content um we don't have to like get an okay from an executive producer or, or have things okayed by other people so we can keep moving yeah and that that has kind of made me reassess because who knows where things are going now especially like with this pandemic, maybe people will turn more to enjoying like in more indie content where you make it your yourself, like Viva has. Like Viva doesn't yeah. get um, you know, any kind of funding from the New Zealand Film Commission or whatever, or that sort of stuff. And I, I've done those things as well. I've done like I've been in New Zealand TV shows and New Zealand Film Commission films and stuff. Mm. But um yeah, like I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but like the dichotomy is really different. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt more, more drawn to like Viva and being able to keep making, uh, it's more stable. I think there's like more stability heading that way mm. instead of, instead of um, trying to convince people to cast you, you can kind of do your own things now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which like there's pros and cons to both, but yeah. I, I, so I'm kind of heading that way now. I really like that. Viva kind of does what they want when they want and I'm I'm hoping to as I get more confident with writing I know that um they're really open to to fan submissions and like our own in internal submissions people with Viva so I'm I'm considering maybe doing that writing some some skits or you know based off some I really love Metal Gear Solid I'd love some sort of like Metal Gear Solid thing but I I probably couldn't pull off Solid Snake <laughs> um, you know so yeah yeah, yeah. That's fantastic that you want to do more writing and, um, you know, I always say this, we need actually more female writers in yeah. like general who write for comedy and stuff like, you know, Phoebe Wallerbridge should not be the, just the prime example of yeah. who writes for comedy yeah. um, these days. But um, yeah, I mean, like that is a real, you know, I find with the, the pandemic as well it's it is very much that reflection of you've got um yeah the independent world which is taking more of a resurgence and i think also i don't know what yeah, you know um unions are like down in in new zealand versus like they are here but unions here like people are able to i think take their sort of business in their own hands versus going through unions like they used to mm. um they've just gone yep yeah, i'm gonna you know, just do what I love and try and do 
as many things as I love because it's like, you know, obviously this podcast is a pandemic baby and yeah. um, it was made out of that. And I know entirely that uh, like the Australian government don't support um, anything other than big blockbuster American films coming over to Australia and making their money here. They don't really support anything independent. Mm. They're very antsy about that because it, it doesn't really benefit them. So they're not going to obviously bother. And that means a lot of Australian content that is written and very good doesn't end up getting made because they're trying to, um, you know, siphon through big blockbusters and put finance into that. Um, so, yeah, the independent world, I think, is shaping and changing. Um, like I know in during the pandemic, there's been a resurgence for radio plays oh, yeah. and audiobooks and stuff, which is huge. Mm. Um, so it's giving a lot of actors obviously the time to actually try voice acting, yeah, which they never thought they'd do. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, it's an avenue that, you know, is quite well paid and um, quite easy to do because it's a day's work. Yeah. Um, has that been something that you also thought about doing is going into like um, different styles of acting, like not just, you know, appearing on screen and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I have thought about it, um, especially because uh, also a lot of the, the, Viva fans in particular that come into my streams, I have this thing where I'll, uh, this redeem basically, where they can use channel points to redeem me um, doing voices of my different characters. And they seem to love it. And they're always saying like, oh, you should do voice acting. You should do voice acting. And I'm like, oh, maybe. I mean, I can now. I, I went and got this fancy microphone. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I'm definitely considering it because, I mean, why not? Yeah. If you can... A lot of this is a lot more, um, a, a lot of media has to be a lot more separate these days, obviously, because of the pandemic. So if it's something you can do by yourself, like in your own studio, or make, make your own makeshift studio, like why not, why not give it a go? So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah. I mean, like, has it sort of felt, because um, you, you know, like the thing is, I feel like you're very much someone who has, you know, has an agent. Mm. but also runs independently mm. also like you are very much your own representation um and you're very aware of like representing yourself in your own brand mm. um like because when i reached out to you like initially it was like i had your email and then you forwarded all the information onto your agent is that normally how things go for you as well or do people more contact through your agent than through you it's it's kind of been like a 50 50 actually yeah. sometimes um yeah, it's like 50-50. I'll, I'll either check my emails and I've got an email from someone I don't know wanting to contact me directly and I, I have to like pass it on to my agent or I, I want my agent to have a look at it as yeah. well. So we make the decision um, together. Or sometimes I open my email and my, my agent says it. So, yeah, it's a, it's about 50-50, honestly. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just okay. surprised <laughs> on whoever, whatever I see. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yoink, I will like the look of that, and that goes to the junk box. Uh, yeah, uh, I will say things that I um, don't want to do. If they contact me directly, I forward to my agent and I say, hey, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then they're like, I'll say no for you. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you, so you did Balin's, um, route and then you started working, um, like doing skits with Viva, um, Viva mm. in between everything. Mm. Um, is that like, and you're still doing to that today. So you've got like D and D logic mm. and stuff coming out, which, um, did you expect to be still a part of that? Um, I wasn't sure because, um, 
there's like sometimes I've seen um some young women actors like around my age or whatnot work with Viva and then not work with them again. But I've been really fortunate, I think, because on like they are my friends now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're they're not just I just don't think of them as like, oh, please hire me, Viva people. I'm like, yeah. hey, how's your how's your kid? How's your cats? Like <laughs> And I, like, oh, they're so sweet. They're honestly like such great friends. Um, yeah. I really love hanging out, especially with Adam's wife, <laughs> with Jen. <laughs> oh, well, fiance, soon to oh, be yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think I'm I'm lucky there. I've kind of integrated and, and becoming friends and they're, they're really lovely. Like, oh, they're just like, usually they say don't work with friends mm. or, you know, friends or family. But they pull it off. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really lucky there. I think I think I've been able to keep working with them because I formed like genuine bonds where even if they didn't ask me to come back mm. to film, I'd still go see them. I'd still go hang out, and I wouldn't have any ill feel- feelings towards them if for some reason they they could have cast me and they cast someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like now yeah, they're yeah, my yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I I think it's extraordinary because I do agree. Like there have been some actors that I've just like. Now, now it is literally you and Britt mm. who are the two most prominent, um, and and Ellie, yeah, um, who's in board. Um, but yeah, you're the three prominent uh, females in the, yeah. in the group, girl gang, the girl gang, and <laughs> yeah, I what I what I love about that is it's nice to see recurring faces. Mm. Like you know, the the frustrating thing is uh, you know, like watching something. Especially on the internet show like Viva, and not seeing recurring faces other than the three mm. main guys who are on all the promotion, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it is quite nice to just be like, oh, there are more characters and there are more people in this involved. Yeah, um, yeah, they that must have felt like a little bit of like um, a feat though, because I do agree with you. Like, don't work with friends sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> is is the is the motive. Um, like it's interesting though because I do, I do get a sense of it being very family orientated. The entire yeah. production is very like um, indie slash family slash professional slash uh, you know just whatever make each other laugh. Yeah, on set, um, and it and it must be very surreal to you know to uh, like now versus like when you started. A little bit mustn't it because of that whole like how quickly this has also happened yeah um yeah definitely it is it is really surreal and um like obviously when i when i first joined on with balance route i wasn't sure if i was gonna keep working with them again um, yeah because i'd seen so many like because i had heard of viva before i'd watched them before and then just also did extra research on how yeah. how they have their actors um that I was not expecting to, yeah. <laughs> to keep. I was like, oh, well, whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, and I just decided that I was going to um, just try to enjoy the experience as much as I could. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that was the right decision. Um, yeah. Because well, this just ended up that we all like really enjoy each other and yeah, um, yeah, have have fun and, and hang out. And it's also really nice, especially to talk to Ali and Brett because of the whole huge jump like before this I was a newbie actor not even known like in acting circles because yeah yeah not not known at all I'm really fresh really fresh newbie baby baby actor um 
And so this like swing is huge. And a lot of the people that a lot of the actors I knew outside of Viva and stuff have not experienced this, this Mm. break, I guess. Um, So it's really, I'm really fortunate to have like Ellie and Britt there, uh, especially as females who have experienced this huge like jump and notoriety on the internet. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's also like, um, I noticed, this is always like the thing that I noticed is like the tick of Instagram clock, you know, of how many followers goes up. Yeah. Did that go up overnight for you? Like Basically, I had like 900 followers and then I think there was like a couple of stories from the first few days we did of Balin's yeah. Route filming, like BTS stuff on Instagram. And then I had gotten like 10,000 followers like That's overnight. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> And, and did that make you rethink about what you posted and how yeah. who was watching your post? Yeah, absolutely. I um I'm really fortunate. Britt and I have the same agent, and our agency has like a social media division. Yeah. So I was really fortunate to um be able to speak to them and kind of get some insight on it because yeah, there's definitely a panic. Like you mm. you feel like oh you know I'm just posting to my friends, and then all of a sudden this huge wave of strangers uh, are following you and um, idolizing you a bit and you're like, oh, oh, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it, I feel, you know, and obviously, like, um, you know, if anyone follows both um, you and Brit, um, and especially, you know, like, you know, how prominent everyone is in the Vivo um, committee, it, like, one of the things that I've noticed recently is how critical social media is Mm. it's kind of interesting because you know your self-reflection is always on the internet like people remember you as um in Balin's route being that young yeah girl in that and as willow and then suddenly like years later you know you'll be you know mid 20s to late 20s and then suddenly everyone will be like oh but i remember you as that is that quite scary for you as well to kind of like Grace, that people will probably comment on the fact that you age. Yeah. And like you growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I have considered that, especially like again, being able to talk to Ali and Britt about their experiences. Um, how they have, have said that basically they started Viva was ten years ago today, the, the yeah. date that we're recording wow. this. Yeah. Ten started years. Ten years. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, you know they were they were young young babies yeah. basically babies at the time and for for people I feel like people hold women to a different standard especially mm. they're like be youthful forever and it's like I am I've not found the fountain of youth my man I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I definitely know that, that that's gonna come mm. and I think a big thing that I know I will have to do for myself is definitely be surrounded by genuine people that love me mm. and um I, I know that that's not present i am and then what i'm i'm going to need so um yeah there's a lot of a lot of uh i do have a lot of fear if yeah. i'm being completely honest about where that will lead um yeah so oh, i'm just scared i'm just I, scared and i, I mean telling everybody i'm scared <laughs> I, I think it's also what I, what I automatically really like about you as a person already is how genuine you are. Oh, thank because you. you're very, uh, you know, before we were recording, you were very nervous yeah. about <laughs> recording. Like, are you naturally quite an anxious person as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm 
like such a perfectionist uh, yeah which i you know like even being in high school and like telling myself i had to get top student and i mm. went and got it like i think there's a lot in society where people tell you that validation comes from an outside source whether you're like the top student or whether you're pretty or with how many followers you've got or all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and I've wasted so much time like chasing those things only to be like, no, I don't feel better. <laughs> I do not feel better. Um, so yeah, like honestly my nervousness and my anxiousness is just something that I have to work through. Yeah. Um, I'm aware that's like a problem for me and I know no nothing else on the outside is going to fix it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think like, would you describe yourself as an introverted person or an extroverted person? Um, Oh, I'm I'm mixed. Yeah, because sometimes there's days where I'm like, do not talk to me. I don't, I don't, have, any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any energy. I'm not coming out. No. <laughs> um, there's other times where I I want to go and, and, and talk to everybody and I want to like wear a sparkly dress or something like I want to yeah. be seen. Um, so I'm a bit mixed, but I would say like most of the time introverted. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. only sometimes I have to work myself up to, to <laughs> be an extrovert. <laughs> It's like energy. It's like, okay, well, you know, I need to get into the zone. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I often get asked that question. And I go, oh, I'm an introverted person. I'm like, you run a podcast. Yeah. And, and I like alone time. Yeah. Um, it's like if I'm at work, no one talks to me. Like, I just like to switch off. Nice. Do my work and go home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad when I don't want to talk. Um, but... I know what you mean because it's like I I feel like with with social media and the way it represents and like I think also growing up you know like I grew up with it in the like early two thousands mm. and I was already like you know eleven or twelve mm. by that stage so I didn't get Instagram until I was about nineteen twenty or something like yeah. that I got it really late I got it later even than most of my friends. And the same with Facebook and, 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 you know, back even when MySpace was a thing. Obviously, like, I think the thing that, you know, I have this conversation with friends all the time now where we say, like, what is it like making friends as an adult? Yeah. It's exceptionally hard. Yeah. Um, because you're not confined to an environment. Mm. You're sometimes in different locations. Mm. It requires effort and, um, and, and I think that social media, as great as it is, to keep us following. It also has a sense of disconnect. Mm. We disconnect from each other and go, oh, okay, well, you're not a real human on the other end. Yeah. So I can say whatever I want to say because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to see your face. Yeah. And that is kind of like um, I feel how Instagram has turned into and, um, you know, and obviously like I know, you know, young kids um, – you know, are uh, getting quite put off by TikTok now mm. because of like, um, you know, TikTok's algorithm and, you know, people saying nasty things on TikTok now. Mm. You know, it's just there's – I I kind of partially wish the comment section didn't exist. Yeah. So no one could write comments and everyone could just post yeah. and that would be it and yeah. no one would be able to say anything. Like, um, you know, because I feel like that's what pulls everyone to have more anxiety and stuff. Do you, do yeah. you have this – like, are you sometimes with social media just put it down and not look at it for hours? Oh, absolutely. I actually have a, a timer. Well, Brett and I were talking about this the other day. I actually have an app timer on my Instagram and my Facebook because mm. um, 
Oh, well, like one, it's already hard being kind of uh, getting a lot more attention on yeah. social media. Um, so sometimes I just need to just check off. I'm like, no, I have a, a present life that I need to be in and I can't yeah. get sucked into this. So it's nice sometimes when I'm, I see myself scrolling and then my timer comes up and it just closes the app. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saving me. I, I, oops. Oopsies. Just hit the mic. <laughs> Smack. Um, I think as well, especially it's nice when there's a lot of like fear and, um, aggression i think are surrounding mm. a lot of issues but especially the pandemic that we're all going through and i think everyone's getting like sick of it yeah um, sick of being locked at home and stuff like that and sometimes like it was really lovely at first to have social media connect to other people but i think we're all getting sick of it and we're all being a lot more negative on there and i feel it affecting me so i i'm just like oh i gotta turn this off so yeah, yeah. I put app timers on yeah like i i don't know if this has happened to you but i have a lower tolerance for um negativity Oh yeah. Not not if someone's had a bad day or something, but I'm talking like yeah. people being purposely negative to other people or unkind. I have a lower tolerance for people like that to be because I think it, you know, it's like as you said, like we should all be in this together. Mm. And I think a lot of um like Australia doesn't have the best government. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we have a pretty shoddy government. <laughs> um and everyone over here loves uh Jacinda She's amazing. <laughs> um, but we, we, you know, like in Australia, the government is very like um, open up. Doesn't matter. You know, we could have like, you know, whatever. Well, let's get international overseas travel happening again. Mm -hmm. It was less about the public and more about the economy. Yeah. And they were worried about money versus like um, the state of people's health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what that's been like over in New Zealand, like because Jacinda has always done hard lockdowns. Mm. She's always done like nup until we're at a safe enough point, we will not open up. Mm. Um, like how's that felt for you in that environment? Um, oh, oh, well, <laughs> for yeah, it's like oh, I I have like two different um, opinions about it. I think because if I think from like a, a business standpoint and, and acting and stuff, it's more difficult with uh, yeah. traveling and, or, and international auditions. But then that's also what I was saying about um, people being able to do more of what they want to do. I like Viva being able to make their own content, um, you know, being able to make your own stuff and not necessarily needing to a specific mm. location in, in another country sort of thing. Um, and personally, it's been a little different for me as well because just before the uh, oh so both times i've like just evaded auckland <laughs> um, before the lockdowns <laughs> um so it's been a little different for me as well I, I it hasn't been as harsh for me in hamilton um yeah. because uh we're we're much smaller we we're, we're much 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 smaller we don't have anywhere near as much populace so yeah the lockdowns um weren't as intense for us um mm. It's felt, but it has felt weird, I guess, not being able to go into Auckland because everyone else in Viva is up there. And so, like, we just message and stuff. But I, a lot of everything acting is basically in Auckland and sometimes in Wellington. Um, so it's, it's been a really weird experience. Obviously, it's good for people's health and, like, that's amazing. Like, obviously, I think first and foremost that um, everyone's health should be put 
first. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going on with the Australian government. I, I don't know. No, 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 don't. Like. Incompetent to say, but. <laughs> um, and you're not missing out. It's real <laughs> um, yeah, but if, if their intention is to uh, to pick the economy, I guess, over people's health, uh, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty not the goods. <laughs> it's pretty lousy. Um, yeah, pretty lousy. <laughs> Um, so I appreciate that it, it feels like in New Zealand that they care heavily about health. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, it's, I think the one thing that I've taken away from this pandemic is like, obviously just, it has, you know, obviously, as you say, given you more time to focus on things that you actually enjoy and things that you love, mm. but it has also on the other side really divided a lot of people. Um, yeah. Unintentionally because of, um, you know, just differences and changes in ways of life. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a huge judgment of, um, you know, because obviously like, this pandemic has caused like governments and stuff to have riots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, all over the world. It's it's huge. Um, and I think like I a few years ago I had a joke with one of my um one of my close friends, and we just used to go, oh, imagine if, the, uh, you know, a big global pandemic happened. Really? <laughs> yeah, we had that joke. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got really it. Awful. <laughs> I know. It was like the next year we were just like, well, that was ironic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it definitely, you know, things have shaken up. Things are different. Um, I don't think anything will fully be the same. Like moving forward, I think a lot of people will pretend like it was how it was, mm. but I don't think it ever will be because obviously like this has caused career changes. This has caused, yeah. um, you know, work, health and, and mental health. Actually, it's the biggest mental health awareness yeah. than ever before because yeah. like um, I think even explaining to people like that I had, um, you know, like anxiety and depression before the pandemic was just a no-go. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You just, like, couldn't explain that you were you needed time to switch off. Yeah. Um, and has that has that really, you know, impacted, like, how you see things now as well? Like, has that impacted with your own mental health and how you deal with it? Well, definitely seeing, like, the divide, especially between, like, unvaccinated and vaccinated. That was, like, another reason I had to switch off social media. Yeah. Um, because I, I know people personally – in my life who are pro-vaccine and people who aren't for it and what I've hated the most is seeing the divide like it hurts Mm. I you know for me I'm vaccinated I'm double vaccinated and that's what I chose to do but I don't hate the people I know that didn't choose to do it no and like I don't understand it but it doesn't mean we can't be friends or we can't still and like I feel like there's so much hate and divide in the world already before the pandemic like having this extra for me personally in my in my personal life I I'm not going to judge anyone for their decision uh you know I I won't understand other people's perspectives that's for sure um but if I'm if I was friends with you before this I'll be friends with you after oh that's a really nice sentiment I really love that that's so (laughs) sweet (laughs) <laughs> um, I wish more people had that sentiment than <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, a lot of people just you know write people off because of stuff yeah. like this, which is just unfortunate. Um, yeah. But I, I also think 
maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's because we are of the younger generation. We're a bit more empathetic yeah, towards maybe. things like this, um, especially because, you know, you can't hate on someone for having a different opinion. Mm. Like unless it's bigotry and they're like completely yeah. hating on someone and it's and it's causing someone harm. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think that's that's a big thing. Like I won't accept anyone treating me like absolute shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, it's basically, yeah, basically that's what I live by. Like if you're not seriously harming me. Yeah. Um, then we can still be friends. But if you yeah. are, then bye. Like, <laughs> I'm not dealing yeah. with that. <laughs> Goodbye. <Yeah>. <laughs> bye. Because um, you're, you know, have you have you ever encountered much, um, you know, prejudice growing up and stuff? Because you're, you're part Maori. Yes, I am, yeah. So, like, has that encountered much prejudice? Uh, a little. Uh, if, like, and being completely honest, like, a little. Um, for me, I'm white passing. I'm a white passing Maori. So, yeah. I don't really get it off the face value. But um, I remember, like when I got ducks at my school, um, people, oh, cause uh, one of the awards was like a top Maori student. And cause I was top student of everybody. I got the top Maori student as well. And people were like to me, you're Maori. Like how could a Maori be top of the school? I was like, excuse wow. you. Like, <laughs> yeah. My statement to that is get fucked. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. And my, obviously my brother's Maori too, and he's two years younger than me. And then two years later he got ducks top student as well. So I'm like, there you go. There's another Maori. Like, um, yeah, but I don't know if we would have had, I honestly don't know if my brother and I, cause he's white passing too. I don't know if we would have had maybe the same opportunities. Um, mm. if, if people could see it because my, my partner who I've been with for a couple of years now, he's a dark skin Maori. And holy hell, I have seen like so much. It just boils my blood. Um, racism towards him or discrimination towards him. Like people think he's dumber for no wow. reason. Yeah. Uh, the cops like harass him. Like that's a true, true, absolute true thing. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it's quite crazy. I've, I've only experienced it a little bit and only really just people being like, wow, I can't believe how great you are for a Maori. Um, but with my boyfriend, definitely seen like a lot more. Um, yeah, it's really sad. It makes me really upset. Yeah, that's 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 a hard thing to swallow uh, as as well because I just think that you know, um, and, and I like I've I've find it interesting because you know racism comes through different different forms, mm. and especially when you say like white passing, it's like there's still racism towards like you could be white passing and like still have ethnicity in you and people just go and they'll find anything they can complain yeah. about but you know suddenly if you have fair skin it's sort of okay yeah yeah and how weird is that like yeah <laughs> like one of my one of my good friends she's um she's turkish mm -hmm. and she'd be white passing as well and just you know the fact that she's encountered some racism throughout her life but you know it's mostly if you notice like you know the way she looks and the way mm. her facial features are you can tell she's you know got some ethnicity in her mm. but if you don't look hard enough people probably won't notice on an average look yeah and but that's awful because it's like people then suddenly think it's okay to comment on someone who's darker skinned yeah it, uh, it, it baffles me it absolutely baffles me um yeah i went to a see the um the black klansman which is a great film oh yeah um uh spike lee we went to go and see that film and he's he's of um indigenous 
Australian. Mm. And we came out of the film and he instantly just went, I really hate white people. Like I really hate Anglo-Saxon people. Yeah. And I was like, I was like fair (laughs) to a varying degree. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I'm an ally, but I still understand. And he was like, I know you're an ally, but I still hate the fact that your ancestors did what they did. Mm. And I was like, absolutely. I get all that, you know, absolute hatred. Mm. Um, Because it's true. Like, I cannot excuse Mm. what, you know, past people did in in whatever they'd done in my family history tree. But I can only do what is best for other people Mm. and help and make, you know, but this is the thing, like, you you know, as someone who has Anglo-Saxon background, it then kind of puts you in this position of like, you want to be an ally, but you don't want to step on someone's toes mm. and and take also, because that can also infuriate people. Yeah. It's like, it's such a fine line yeah. to walk yeah. when it comes to um, prejudice and, and um, racism. And, you know, it's, yeah, like h- how is how is that when it comes to, you know, your experience as well with racism and stuff? Like, have you have you been sort of very like, Conscious of friends making a choice, or, um, or just like irritated when they step too far forward or too far back. Well, f- I'm I'm like honestly glad you bring that up because like I would be a half cast if, if yeah like I don't know, do air quotes but you know a half <laughs> do, cast. do an air quote, yeah. <laughs> um, so like I I have felt that too because I am Maori, so it hurts when I see people who are more like outwardly obviously maori um it hurts seeing the way that they're discriminated Mm. and on top of it i have felt not necessarily animosity but like a kind of um like oh you don't understand me because you're a white passing maori do you know what do you know what i mean like there is kind of like like it's like a weird place in the middle where um you're you can't be put in either category. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so people don't really, like, I obviously, I love Māori people. I love that part of me. I, I really, semi-recently, like a couple of years ago, meeting my boyfriend only got to really connect with that part of me and that part of my culture. And um, I love it. Like, I, it just makes me feel so good. <laughs> I'm really proud of a lot of the cultural aspects, but I, I, sometimes there is that little like, I, I I guess I have that little reservation that maybe I'm I'm not allowed to yeah. to enjoy it fully because um, I don't I don't ex- I don't have the full experience because um, I I can straight up since being with my darker skinned boyfriend like I they they are treated so differently in in so many aspects like if if we go to a restaurant like oh you can just feel it in the air you know feel yeah. feel feel a judgment or attention. And so I wonder sometimes if I'm if I'm not allowed to enjoy the cultural aspect of what I partly am because I haven't shared all their experiences and like I can share in the good experiences can I but I haven't shared in the negative so do I have a a right I guess to experience the the positive cultural aspects. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's definitely that to think about. Which is difficult to navigate, but I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, that, like that's all you can do, and mm. that you know, like that's you can empathize, but you can't always 
exist in that you know yeah same environment it's really hard yeah um you know like I say this to my um my partner all the time I will never be able to experience the world like she does yeah unfortunately like through sexism or anything like that or 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 anything that she experiences um because in my life I was born a white male Mm. um and therefore was able to walk through life very easily. Mm. And I do accept the privileged angle that I have. Mm. Um, you have to be very self-aware yeah. to understand how privileged that is. Yeah. And I think, you know, she is, she for me is like such a, a glowing beacon of someone who raise, you know, also speaks such a awareness and love for other yeah. different people and everything. Um, you know, her favourite place um, is... Yeah, um, she lived in Wellington for six months, and her favorite place is New Zealand. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, and we're we're gonna go back. We're gonna go and um, visit, and probably live there for a bit. Oh, nice! At some point, um, we're we're tossing up when we'll go back, but yeah, um, we'll come and visit probably and say hi. Yay! <laughs> come say <laughs> um, hi to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'd like her. You two would get along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I realize that. Um, but yeah, like I think with us, it, it's very. Like, she's very, like, aware of the, you know, the problems. Like, in Australia, we have a policing problem. Like, we have an over-policing problem. We don't have that many Indigenous cops. Mm. We have, like, a low-ass percentage, mm. and they're in rural somewhere of Australia. I, I think it's, um, I think it's like, either um, South Australia. I think it's somewhere in South Australia that there's rural um, parts where there are Indigenous cops. And they do speak the local language. They've learnt the Indigenous language as well as English. But I, I do wish there was more emphasis on learning Indigenous language in school. Yeah. It's like, for me, I know nothing about the culture um, that is, you know, like, and I've got, like, somewhere in my family, like, a great, 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 like, grandmother who's Aboriginal in the family. Mm. But, like, the fact that none of her culture or anything yeah. entered through the family tree is just enormous. Like, it's just like, I feel like I'm missing out on, on knowing more about these cultures and, and also partially where some of our family history comes from, which is just, you know, mm. because most Australia, like, this is the thing I think people don't realize is probably a lot of Australians, there are some Aboriginal DNA now mm. in us because mm. of just like colonization and everything. And just, mm. it's it's going to have happened. So it's good to learn about the local language. And the fact that our prominent in Australia now is English makes no sense to me. Yeah. It should be a joint, like we should be a multilingual and multicultural um, country. Yeah. Like, what's the education system in terms of school? Was it always just learn English and that was about it? or? Well, for me, I went to, which I really, I, oh, okay, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to a, uh, a school, a primary school, um, elementary yeah. school. I'm not sure everybody will be listening, but the first school that you go to after kindergarten, basically. Um uh, which did have quite a heavy, or I, I would say, I, I, okay, honestly, I don't think it was heavy, but can compared to what I've learned as I've continued to grow, most of my Māori or te reo, the language, yeah. was uh, taught then, and I still remember it and carry it with me now, and it just blows my mind that because I'm I'm actually going through and learning te reo now because I want to learn my uh, like that part of my mm. cultural 
indigenous language um and a lot of what they're teaching like i've already heard Mm. and no and i'm like surprised that people have to be taught this stuff do you know because i was already taught it so young um and then growing up and realizing that so many people didn't didn't know and have this this understanding so for me for my personal experience luckily i went to a primary school an intermediate and a high school that all had uh some sort of touch of maori most heavily in my primary school um that I've been able to carry that with me. But as I've grown up and talked to more adults my age and stuff, uh, especially people who don't have Māori or, or very distantly have it um, in their blood, uh, like being really surprised at how little they know. Yeah. So I would say, from yeah, I would say that the educational system doesn't have enough Māori in it. Um, I think it's a little ridiculous that most of my knowledge from primary school, I still know more than... You know, this, yeah. this person that I just met at my age. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's not enough. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I, Crazy. I, I, I think that's insane. Like, um, mm. I, you know, because yeah, it's like, I don't know what the education is. I haven't been in school in like 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they do, like teaching kids now, but I remember it was like French. You could learn Japanese and you could learn Mandarin. Yeah. And that was it. And if you wanted to go to electives, you could learn German as well. Like it was just like yeah, there was no sense of learning anything else, and like I I think that's such a sh- like it's a shame because like some of the uh, like there are so many great languages out there, um you know but how many different dialects of Maori are there like yeah so I don't know anymore um because <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been standardized oh so. okay. Yeah, which was really sad. Uh, a lot of a lot of language was lost. A lot of um, cultural stories were lost. Oh. Like I've had the privilege to get to speak to a lot of rangatira. So rangatira is like the 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 heads of iwis and the iwis of like the tribes, the different Maori tribes, and um, like I'm hearing stories from them that I that are different to what I was like told in school. Mm. Um, like they're telling me like the truth of what went through their family as opposed to like uh, a kind of whitewashed essentially uh, overview story. And and the same with the language, like different and each, basically each iwi had a different dialect as far as I'm aware. Um, But now that's, that's not the case. Um, Now the tereo that's taught is like a standard version. I, I won't know specifically I'll never get to know specifically what uh, the tribes I like harken back to, how they would have spoken, mm. which is really, really sad, really unfortunate. Um, so there was heaps of different dialects and heaps of different meanings, like how um, I think a lot of Latin American countries all speak Spanish, but they all have their own like different dialects, mm. like versus Venezuela and Chile and like, you know, and, and different words mean different things. That was the same here and in all the tribes and sub-tribes. Um, and we'll never know, unfortunately. We'll never know anymore because it's all been it's all been lost. Wow. So to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know how many dialects there are. There's one now. That's sad. <laughs> that's that's yeah. actually quite disappointing. I would have thought there were there were quite a few left, but that's yeah. you know, generalization right there. Like, yeah. Um, that's quite disappointing. But um I think you know, there'll be some some rangatira that remember some yeah. of what their dialects were. But yeah, unfortunately, 
just as time goes, the language is dying. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, I, you know, like, recorded language also was just, you know, only really was such a, you know, a European thing yeah. to write down language. Well, I, I recently found out that, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, um, like, it was a traditional Māori thing to have mokos, which were tattoos on your face. And um, actually, the patterns meant different things. They were they were kind of like hieroglyphics. Oh, awesome! So like, yeah, that was like our written language, and it it, it was yeah, it was also like a which I only recently found out. Which cool as right? Um, that was our written language, sort of. Yeah. So like, if you had a certain kind of spiral pattern, that meant you were this type of warrior, and like these certain things meant you were like royalty or of a nobility class or. You know, it was, oh my it God, was like, I love this. yeah, yeah. And it would have been really interesting to see, like, if, if that had been able to translate over to, yeah. to paper and stuff. But, um, unfortunately there was a lot of, a lot of slaughtering and a lot of <sighs> deals and stuff that, yeah. <laughs> they got rid of all that. Um, but yeah, so we did have a written language. It was kind of more like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I think maybe only a few, like I said, Rangatira, um, will know what the certain patterns and stuff meant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's quite extraordinary to think that, you know, like people used themselves as kind of like where to write symbols and stuff. Yeah. That meant different things. That's extraordinary to me. But it also doesn't surprise me because, you know, like obviously that also makes sense to do that and, mm. and perfectly logical. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure other cultures and stuff have done it as well. Yeah. Um, where they've like not written things down <laughs> and just kind of like, um, yeah, that's that's extraordinary. Yeah. That is extraordinary. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. I have ever heard, and I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I think maybe it was similar in carvings as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's interesting as well because I feel like um, you know, as you say, with over time, there's just it. The language changes, and, and unfortunately, this is the reality of situations. A lot of languages, even yeah. e- even English, will evolve yep. and change. And the way we speak, you and I speak now, will differ to how people speak in you know two thousand years, and they might not even be able to understand what we've said. Yeah, like there's that reality of just what we say now might never you know one day be a lost language. Yeah, um, like um, where for out thou, Romeo? You know we don't yeah, say know. that anymore. Where you at, no, Romeo? <laughs> oh, I mean, like, look, Shakespeare uh, made up a lot of langu- um words. Oh yeah, as well. Like he made up so many words <laughs> to make that work, and I think like a lot of them we use now. I think it was like everyone thought that's why he was called a wordsmith, and a lot of people thought that was just words they never heard before and they were true words and and he was like no i made them up for a play and they all started using them as verbatim like they just started using the dialect so yeah um but yeah it's it's very very surreal to think that um any word we throw out now gets put in a dictionary yeah like somewhere yeah doesn't matter like you could spell you know and it's like as you were saying that, that Words don't translate. I don't like. Do you watch shows in their original language versus they they're like English dubbed? Um, yes, generally. Um, like I like to watch a lot of anime, and I definitely I'm a I'll read the subs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, a yeah. sub girl, not a dub girl. <laughs> yeah, you're a sub girl. <laughs> um, the only times like maybe is if I've already watched a show and I I want to experience yeah. it from how the how uh the dub the yeah. dubs changed it and. 
it's kind of cool. You get to watch the same show twice, but uh, get to watch it in different, yeah. uh, different like perspectives, I guess. Um, yeah. So I like to listen to the original language mm. first. And I like to listen to a lot of music as well. Oh, I like to listen to a huge array of music, but on top of it, I like to listen to music of other languages, even though I have no idea what they're saying, unless I like go look it up. I'm like, cool. This is nice to just hear someone else being their authentic self. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of that where I just listen to songs. I'm actually an instrumental person, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me an instrumental. I dig anything. It's yeah. just great. Yeah. Um, anything with a good bass, actually, just or a good techno vibe. Love it. Um, okay, I know what to play when you guys come visit then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you a list. Um, <laughs> so, one of the, on, so, like, because we'll wrap up soon, I, w- I was going to mention the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, we've already sort of established that you're a bit of a nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that genuine reaction of, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> like, does that often come as a surprise to most people that you're quite nerdy? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as well, like, when I don't know people, I... I'll come across, like, I'll purposely do this. I'll come across, like, light and eerie and kind of ditzy, honestly, in, in, in all honesty. I just come to be, like, a positive vibe, basically. Mm. And then um, the more people put effort in to get to know me, the more I'm, like, willing to show show more of myself. So, yeah, people are often quite stunned at when I talk in depth yeah. on things I'm passionate about. They, they get quite stunned from the change of, like, oh, <laughs> To like, oh yeah, you know, this, I'm really passionate about this, and I was top student. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you really need to watch the new the new book on New Hero Academy. They're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I think my experience, my, yeah. my first ever experience to anime was Spirited Away. Oh yeah, a great film. Yeah. Love that film. I've watched that film probably like six times. Wow, yeah. And uh, I've I've got like. You know, just a shelf full of Studio Ghibli films. Oh, nice. I love Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli are great. I was, their museum sells out so quickly. (gasps) It is the most popular place on earth. Like, it is insane how fast that sells. Um, So, you you need to book in like a month and a month to even get through the doors. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they have like a limited time of how many slots they have and, you know, they sell out very fast. So, I think, yeah, that was like my introduction to anime. And then, like, I didn't obviously grow up on Pokemon or anything like that, like um, a lot of my friends did, but I watched um, bits and pieces. Like, I know, like, I I think it was, like, anime was one of those things that I was introduced to probably in my early 20s Yeah. versus, like, my teens. Mm. When were you introduced to, when did you sort of discover your love for anime? (laughs) (laughs) So my first introduction to anime, funny enough, Studio Ghibli film, it was um, Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, I first saw Howl's Moving Castle around the age of 12. That's terrifying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I was like, wow, I really love this, but... I didn't get into, like, the traditional anime, like, Naruto yeah. and sort of stuff. Um, Naruto was the first, like, traditional sort of, like, series episodic mm. anime that I got into, um, which wasn't until I was, like, 18. Um, but my, I don't know if it's just, like, a family thing, but I showed, like, I was watching it, my mum saw me watching it, and then my brother saw me watching it, and now we, like, all just love watching anime. Like, it's it's just a thing in our family. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. Um, my brother would get annoyed mostly because um, my mum would watch ahead. <laughs> 
She'd watch ahead of us all the time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's de- that's dedication for new mom. <laughs> just like yeah, I know. I, I got to beat the kids in terms of watching this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it, it ticks ticks all the boxes. I think it's like the real high fantasy yeah. escapism sort of sort of thing that we all we all really vibe with. Were yeah. you always a high fantasy kind of person as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Because my name's Phoenix Cross. You yeah, know? I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> what a name. But my middle name is Shirley, which kind of... Um, oh, so that breaks it off. <laughs> yeah, that breaks it off. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, being Phoenix Cross, so, like, obviously wanting to know what Phoenix meant and then, like, looking into it. And I, I first really got into, like, Greek mythology and stuff because mm. that's where I thought Phoenix comes from. It turns out it's Egyptian. But anyway, um, I was really into that stuff and really into, from a young age, into those stories and hearing about all these, like, gods and like magic and you know turning someone to stone because they look at you wrong (laughs) (laughs) all of those things um yeah I was introduced to that world quite early at quite a young age so I think I don't know whether I would have enjoyed it regardless or if it's because I was introduced to it at such a young age that it's something like nostalgic to me yeah so I love it even more so now do you know what I mean so I don't know I think I think no matter what I wouldn't would have enjoyed it but I think there's just like an extra layer of liking it because of my my name and discovering it so young Mm. yeah no I I I love Greek mythology Greek mythology is amazing um so is Egyptian mythology Mm. I'll give you uh, like both of those flawless flawless system they're weird they're weird yeah they're so weird (laughs) um and there's a lot of barbaric behavior in both cultures yeah like they you know it's either you be nice to your gods or you get slaughtered by your gods yeah it's not really a win-win yeah not really Um, not really but no and then and then you do twitching like you you have a twitch yes which is pretty recent yeah um which i've checked out your twitch you're very good oh thank Um, you (laughs) like was that was that something that came out of you know from recommendations to do stuff like that or was it just kind of fun well um i like to play video games anyway um they're my cool like chill out time um and so on top of it doing Balan's Route and Viva being so heavily like game related they all stream and they were talking to me about it and um I can't I, I don't actually know how the idea came up I don't know if I thought of it or someone mentioned like one of the guys mentioned I should do it I can't remember but but either way because they were doing it and I could ask them about it and like ask them oh what to do and, and stuff like that and bring over some of that Viva community I decided to do it um yeah, and it's been it's been nice to do. Like my my big biggest thing is I just want my community to be like a safe place mm. for everybody, no matter like your opinions or your background or or whatnot, um, or your vaccination status. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I wanted to create that as like the safe space yeah. to be in with all this madness going around. So it's it's nice for me even to just like go on and like have all these people that are just just like aligned with what I think too and just being nice to everybody even if you disagree with them um and yeah and on on top of it it's been something like it's been a way to make money when I haven't been able to do some of the filming because because the lockdown was super serious even Viva couldn't film um now I think they're able to again in a limited capacity um but yeah it was something to do even in between acting gigs and auditions and stuff just a way to play and like get some money to mm. 
you know, continue paying those bills that haven't gone away. <laughs> Goddamn expenses. Goddamn bills. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, you know, come on, just pause them for the pandemic, please. I thought that. You know, it's funny you say that. I was like, why don't why do why doesn't the government just pause it for everybody and maybe just I don't know. I think they spent mil- like eighty million or something on, on I don't know, on, on what probably the vaccines. Yeah. But I was like, what if we just paused and just paid like maybe essential people that needed to go uh, get the food from the farms yeah. and we just rationed or something. Yeah. Anyway, that's just maybe a bit too idealistic of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you can we can dream of an ideal world. It might not happen. We, we can dream. <laughs> but no, that's awesome. So, And you, you've been getting quite a traction for it as well, like with the Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, it's been all right. Um, mostly I, I've been having for a while the right stats to um, – to go to partner but i keep not streaming often enough <laughs> which is just my bad <laughs> yeah i mean come on get to partner with twitch yeah yeah get it's like get that, get that partner get that partner i tried to force myself to do like a, str- a stream every day for a week and like don't get me wrong it's fun but it's like a little bit extroverted and i have to work up to uh, it so yeah. i get tired i get yeah. tired no that's fair yeah. i like look if i streamed every day <laughs> I would get very tired very quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, um, you know, people go, oh, how how often do you, you know, sit in front of a mic and talk to people? It's like, I, I have months off sometimes. I've had two months break. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I don't have to talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very exhausted when you have to, like, switch on yeah. constantly. But I, So I do know. Yeah. <laughs> you know my pain. <laughs> But I think that's the perfect time to wrap us up. I want to say thank you so much for joining because you've been an absolute blast to have on. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. And where can people find you, Phoenix? Where can they stalk you on the internet? So to follow me on Instagram, my handle is phoenixcross underscore. Phoenix is spelled P-H-O-E-N-I-X, just letting you know because sometimes people seem to spell it wrong. Um, And then Twitch is just the Phoenix Cross, no spaces, all all lowercase. Amazing. Yeah. And then you can go and stalk her, um, work out what she, project she's doing next, what Twitch yeah. stream she's going to do next. Um, and, yeah, and, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and if you want to go and check out more episodes of The Things We Do, um, they're available on Apple and Spotify, and I'll be speaking with another guest next week. I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.